Reddit is very popular with the millennial age group and attracts a variety of different people from different professions. So there's subreddits, subthreads on real estate, on real estate investment, on random trends like what are you guys doing for fun and, and things like that. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is and that's when it is. February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five so you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily and you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. What's us today? Jerry Chu. How you doing, Jerry? I'm good, Joe. How are you doing? I am doing well and nice to have you on the show. And best ever listeners, because today is Sunday, we got a special segment for you called Skill Set Sunday where you will learn a new skill or perhaps hone an existing skill. And, well, today we're going to be talking about how to identify the next hot neighborhood. And Jerry, our guest today, has developed multiple trading platforms, and he's actually the founder and creator of Lofty, L-O-F-T-Y, which uses artificial intelligence to identify neighborhood growth. He's based in Los Angeles, California. So before we get into the value proposition of Lofty, Jerry, would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself just so we get to know you a little bit better? Sure. I'm originally from Vancouver, Canada. I moved down to Los Angeles to attend USC for my undergrad in mathematics and economics. After I graduated, I did my master's in financial engineering at Claremont. Then I worked on Wall Street for a couple months in financial risk management. And I just kind of didn't really like the big corporate world. I felt like it wasn't really for me. And my interest was always in technology. So I kind of did a hard pivot, taught myself how to code and uh, took an internship here in Los Angeles at a tech firm. And then that's where I met my current co-founder. And we talked about this idea and everything's history since then. Well, all right. So you're a smart cookie. I hope so. I like <laughs> so that's my unintelligent way of summarizing your background. So you co-founded Lofty. I'm on your website. You've got requests for demo and that's about it. So I'm guessing that you all just started. But when I read what is on your website, which is about two sentences, it says trend spotting for real estate investors. Lofty AI is a real estate investment technology using AI or artificial intelligence to identify neighborhood growth. So as listeners on this show, what can you tell us that will help us after this conversation go identify where the next hot spot will be in our area? Okay, so that's a very interesting aspect in that the reason we use artificial intelligence 
isn't because that's kind of the hot buzzword and the hot technology in today, but really because the type of data that we're pulling is really difficult for the human brain to actually understand. So for example, it's interesting, our technology applies to real estate with surprising accuracy, but we don't use any real estate data. So all the data that we're pulling are free public data on the internet, and they come from social media sources, uh, forums. Essentially, what we do is we analyze what people are talking about, specifically millennials, kind of like the hipsters. And we find out what they like, what they like to eat, where they like to go, basically what trends they're following. And based on those trends, we can actually find geotag information. And then when you overlay that information on a map and filter by an AI, you get surprising accuracy on where sort of the hot growth is occurring. So kind of like predicting Brooklyn in New York before everyone knows about Brooklyn, predicting Silver Lake before the area got hot, Arts District before it became popular. So that's really what our technology does. And the reason why it's so difficult for a human brain to understand that type of data is because, for example, if we showed you there was a tweet about someone loving $5 cappuccinos in the area and an Instagram post with social media influencer taking a photo outside an art mural and a variety of other these kind of weird data sources, you wouldn't be able to kind of compare and contrast between the different ones and weigh certain ones more heavily than the other ones. You could try, but most likely you wouldn't end up with the correct answer. So that's why it's difficult for a person to directly find these trends, but it's easy for an AI to do it. How do you determine what weight to give one person's voice over another's and 10 people's talking about it who don't have as high of a degree of weight versus two people who have a higher degree? How do you come up with that? We look at everything on these social media posts. So for example, an Instagram post, people buy fake followers and fake likes. So we don't look at those. But what we do look at is how many comments you get. And within those comments, who the users are, how many followers they have, how often do they post, and how many people or their friend group they're tagging in those posts. Because the more people that are tagged, essentially, if someone posts about this cool new brunch place, and there's thousands of comments, and most of those comments are real people, not bots, tagging their friends saying, let's go there, things like that. We analyze the context of what the comments actually are. We analyze the emojis to figure out the sentiment. Are people responding positively to this post or this type of trend? So based on all of that information, the AI assigns a way to that specific data point, and that's how it does it for thousands and thousands of data points across our platform. You mentioned social media forums. Which social media forums or platforms do you scrape this data from? Well, the main ones we're looking at right now is Reddit. A lot of trends emerge there before it hits the mainstream. But we're constantly looking for new sources. We're looking to integrate a medium like articles. We're looking to integrate just your generic news sources to see if anything is going on, local news sources and things like that. I didn't hear Facebook. Is that because you're not able to? Yeah, we always respect the user agreements for the data vendors that we're taking data from. And Facebook, after the whole <laughs> Cambridge Analytica situation, has made it more difficult. And to be honest, we're tracking millennial trends. So studies have shown that most millennials aren't really on Facebook anymore. In fact, I think as recent as last month, there was a statistic that came out about within 2018, about 20% of millennials have deleted their Facebook 
app on their phone. They haven't deactivated their accounts, but they took the app off their phone. So they're not really using it actively anymore. So our whole idea is to find real-time data as opposed to lagging quarterly reports that the industry always looks at. And we just feel like if people aren't actively using Facebook anymore, that might not be the best source. Is Reddit gaining membership or gaining traction? What's the status of Reddit? Reddit is very popular with the millennial age group and attracts a variety of different people from different professions. So there's subreddits, subthreads on real estate, on real estate investment, on random trends, like what are you guys doing for fun and, and things like that. So yeah, their user base is in fact growing. And I imagine Reddit is one of the good platforms or one of the ones that you use because it's actually accessible to scrape that data. Whereas LinkedIn, Instagram, that's more challenging or not allowed. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Got it. So taking a giant step back, basically you're analyzing conversations and then seeing what people are saying, what they're talking about. And then, as you said, you're looking at the geotag information or you're overlaying that with geotag. So where they're talking about it. And then you can see based on who's talking about certain things, where they're talking about it or what they're talking about, you can see where the conversation is. So it's really a map of where the conversation is focused on in your area. And then your thought is based on conversation being focused in that area by these types of influencer people then it's likely that's where the next area of growth is. Is that accurate? Exactly. So if an area previously didn't have a lot of these conversations, like people talking about how much they love $12 cappuccinos or bone broth or things like that, and all of a sudden over the course of a few months in a previous underdeveloped region that no one really kind of thought about investing in before, a lot of these activities starts happening. What it shows is that in real time, there's a lot of the demographic that essentially tends to revitalize certain areas. So sort of young college grads that don't have enough money to live in city centers where areas are already nice. So they've been priced out. So they're looking for cheaper areas. And as they expand out, they build newer communities. And those areas tend to start growing very rapidly. So that's what we're attracting. How much of a surprise is it when you look at the data, when you reveal these areas of growth and I ask that because it seems like if I'm going to be talking about a new restaurant in an area, and, I, and I'm probably not one of their influencers, so maybe I wouldn't be the best person. But if someone who is much more influential in the community than me were talking about a new restaurant, well, that restaurant already exists. So if that restaurant already exists, then that leads me to believe that there's already a lot of attention to that area. Right. So – what we're trying to get people into is right before the big hockey stick growth curve. You won't be the first one into an area, and that's actually beneficial for you because it kind of de-risks your situation. You'll never be the first developer in that neighborhood. But what ends up happening is just because there's one good restaurant in an area that didn't have any before doesn't mean instantly the prices for properties and rents and everything just immediately pops. There needs to be what we call sort of a critical mass of amenities and infrastructure in place. And we track areas that have started to approach that critical mass, but haven't quite reached it yet. Got it. What are some areas that you've seen that would fall into that category? 
a couple of ones that are pretty interesting is actually we've noticed interesting activity in Paramount. So that's to the east of Compton, and that's pretty surprising. And if you look at the listings there for condos and single-family homes, you'll notice a big contrast. There are homes being listed for over a million dollars, but a few blocks away. There are still homes being listed for less than two hundred thousand dollars, so that's a really good sign. It means the area is going through rapid development because of that big pricing contrast. And we've also noticed places that people kind of have been talking about, like Hawthorne, Torrens, and places like that. When you co-founded this company, you had a business model. So this is the value proposition we've been talking about. Now, what's your business model for it? Right now, we're a SaaS-based platform, meaning that if you like what we have to offer and the intelligence we provide you, then you can subscribe for a monthly fee, and you can cancel at any time, or you can pay upfront a yearly fee that would essentially be the monthly fees added together, but with a ten to twenty percent discount. So those are the two payment options right now. Okay, and who's your ideal audience? Our ideal audience is really real estate investors, people that. Have kind of done this process before, but in a very manual, intensive way. So we've talked to hundreds of real estate investors since we started the company, and a lot of these people, we thought we would have to explain to them, oh, like you should follow the artists or the hipsters of these new areas, and then prices are really going to explode. And it turns out they already know that because they've done it over the past consistently and have had very good returns. But their problem has been a lot of times it's very difficult to find these areas consistently. They're Finding it through word of mouth. Some of them are ridiculously driving day to day through LA traffic, just looking for these areas manually. And what we provide is the same analytics, but not just for LA. We have data for the entire United States and even for some other parts of different countries. And you can have this analytics at your fingertip at home or in the comfort of your office, and you don't have to do all these manual intensive labor to find these new areas anymore. And what's the subscription cost? Right now, we price it differently if it's an enterprise model or if you're an individual investor. Right now, the individual investment is about five hundred dollars per month. But if you're a large firm, which a lot of our trial users and existing customers are, we make a custom pricing based on how many users they want and what additional features they might want. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you think we should talk about as it relates to your company? No, not specifically. I would just say the general trend is that. A lot of real estate investors, in our opinion, too focused on the macro market. So they'll hear statistics like, "Oh, you know, because interest rates are going up, or the whole of LA isn't doing so well, or, or the market is starting to tank in a city." But a city is a pretty large area, and often within the cities themselves, there are micro neighborhoods that are completely contrary to the overall trend. So as Perhaps the whole of LA is declining. Certain areas within it are growing very rapidly. So, for a savvy investor, we think it's a smart thing for them to look at these micro neighborhoods as opposed to just the macro city alone. If I subscribe and I am looking for, say, Dallas Fort Worth, and I have a property that I'm considering in Dallas Fort Worth in a certain submarket, will I be able to see where that submarket ranks? Relative to other submarkets, or is it categorized a different way? Yes, you absolutely will. So we have two ways of categorizing it. So there's a ranking based within the city. So in your case, Dallas Fort Worth, it would be let's say the top ten ranked micro neighborhoods in that city. But then we also have another category that's a national-based ranking. So the top zip codes within the entire country. 
So depending on what you're looking for, you can subscribe to one or the other. And what if the area is not in the top 10 micro neighborhoods? Are the remaining 7,000 ranked? Yeah, they're ranked, but at the moment, we're not displaying them purely because based on demand, people have always told us they just want to see the top 10 or the top 25. But as people put out requests and say, actually, we'd like to see the entire ranking or the top 50 or whatever the range may be, we'll obviously adjust it for our customers. Okay. So if you have a subject property that you're considering and you subscribe, as of this moment, you're not able to see where it ranks if it's not in the top 10? Correct. Got it. All right. Well, good stuff. And how can the best ever listeners get in touch with you and learn more about your company? Well, number one, they can go to our website, which is lofty.ai, or they can reach out to me personally on LinkedIn, as well as my partner. My name is Jerry Chu, and his name is Max Ball. So we're very active on those platforms. So just send us a request with a message in it, and we'll get back to you. Well, thanks for being on the show, talking about this exciting startup that you two have the implications and the value proposition that the company has and the business model too. So really appreciate it. Hope you have a best ever weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Joe. And thank you for having me here. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E and the number five to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. Best Ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.